Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going? It's going good, how's it going with you? Going alright, yep, going alright. What have you been playing recently? Uh, Mostly I've been sticking with uh, New World. I think I got enough time into it to give it kind of like a 30 second review. Uh, If you're somebody that's a big fan of like crafting, things like that, definitely a solid B plus in the game. If you're a big fan of, uh, you know, quests, that kind of thing, it's definitely not terrible. Um, it's still the same basic, you know, go to point A, collect resource B or kill monster C and return to point D. So it's not like super original in that, but it works. It's a lot to do. If you're looking for PVP hard pass on this game, uh, their coding is terrible. And it's sad, too, because the PvP drastically affects the real world. Because in the game, all the major cities have crafting areas, and you have to pay taxes on that crafting areas. And if your company, which is their version of a guild, controls a town through PvP, then you get to set the tax rates for everything. And that tax money goes to your guild. And they set it up to where uh, you try to raid a town to take over it, and if you're the attackers, you're given a 30-minute time limit. Well, then everybody that's fighting can just AOE, lag out everybody, and win by default. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's not a good thing. Yeah. Plus the way they have it set up, um, the the company that's in charge of the town and the company that's attacking the town um, get to pick 10 people that are guaranteed to play the PvP and then the other 20 can come in through randoms and fills and whatnot. But captains on both sides can kick you out for whatever reason. So they basically can control who does and doesn't play in the PvP. So hmm. if you got a big guild, you can pretty much decide who plays and who doesn't. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, are you enjoying it overall, though? Yeah, I'm enjoying it fine because I was never one to do the whole PvP thing. So... That never really was a factor for me. Okay, okay. Um, anything else you've been playing? I haven't really had a chance to play a whole lot else. I've been on the road a lot. In fact, I just got back from an overnight today, and I'm going to an overnight tomorrow, and then I got an overnight Monday next week, but I'll be home on Tuesday, and then I got an overnight at the end of the week after that. Hmm. Wow. Uh, cool. Uh, so I've continued playing Psychonauts 2, uh, the thing that you're going to hear me talking about on Geek Town, which is uh, the seeds part of the game, I finished that. Um, I started to maybe realise with Psychonauts, it's maybe one of them games that I can't play for like 2-3 hours. And why I say that is because I, I've gotten a bit burned out on the whole go into this person's memory, finish that mission, then walk a little bit, and then get a cutscene, and then jump into another person's brain, and then keep doing that, and doing it again and again. Because my favourite parts of the game, in terms of its story, is when there's more characters in scenes, and they're jumping off of... not jumping off each other, bouncing off each other with their with their dialogue. Because uh, I did this part yesterday with two of the characters, and... Uh, they kind of like met up again and they were chatting and stuff and it was optional for me to stand there and listen to their conversation but I was standing there listening to it because I was invested in like 
their history because of what the the mission was previously. Now I've got to find this like problem to solve the bees, and I've gone to this like bee woman person, and I entered her mind, and now I have to do like a mission with books and stuff. I just want to start tackling more of the main plot with the game, which I can't talk about what that is because it'll involve spoilers, but it's to do with the big group of uh, of Psychonauts, like the main group and things. Because there's certain characters I haven't even seen the game in the game for like five hours. Um, and sometimes the game just has this, I mean for me it's an issue, for others it might not be, where I just feel like the game's... You know, like when people say when they're playing open world games, right? To where there's a main quest and there's side quests. And because you get distracted with side quests, you get kind of dragged off to doing those. This happens in games like Cyberpunk and Witcher and GTA and Red Dead and I could name a bunch more. Mm-hmm. And even though Psychonauts is a linear game, I mean, you can go and look around and things. But you can play it like a linear game. You can do upgrades if you want to and and that sort of thing and I've done some here and there but it's a bit more linear than than those sorts of games and I feel like the game doesn't really take advantage of its linear storytelling because it's having you go off in like here there and everywhere Uh, I'm still I'm still enjoying generally playing it and I'm still enjoying the story and the characters it's just the structure of the way the game is is being played that I find is the issue you want it to be more focused yeah, yeah, I want it to be more focused. That's a good word to use. Because um, I feel like it's, it's not really. And then every now and then, Raz will speak to a character and he'll go, I'm doing this thing to hurt, uh, hurt to help this person. And I'll go, yes, let's get back to that character. And then I'll go into someone else's brain. Um, and I sort of put the game down a little bit yesterday. I haven't like rage quit it or whatever. I just got a bit sort of like burnt out, maybe is the word. Because I finished this quite long mission with one of these characters. And then we went back to this... Ma- There's basically a machine that I need to get to that's covered by bees. And Roz doesn't know how to fix it. So we have to go elsewhere and sort that out. Which is where the bee lady uh, woman comes into things. And obviously have to fi- fix her mind. And hopefully she can help with the problem. And then that will get me... Once I've done that and once once I get into doing that thing with the machine. That should bring me back to more of the main plot. Um, and it's it's strange the way the story is being told. I feel, but then then again, when I'm like, get past the initial frustration of like, oh, another brain to jump into. Once I get into some of those levels and start doing the platforming, I'm enjoying myself again with the game. Uh, then obviously the combat comes up, which I have issues with, but I've made that more a bit easier for myself with the uh, access accessibility option. Um. But I'm kind of wondering, like, after I finish with this bee woman's mind, am I going to have to jump into somebody else's brain to then get back to the bee thing? But I shouldn't have to because she's the woman that's going to hopefully help with that. Um, I get what the game's trying to do. What the game is trying to do is when you go to certain characters that you need to help, or you need their help, you have to help them in turn because they've got, like problems with different things and the way that you help them out is jumping into their brain and sorting it out um and i understand that i just feel like there's a little bit too much of it and there's too many sort of characters to jump through of like oh yeah you, you need help now now you need help now you need help 
and it's like all right <laughs> it's uh it, it gets a little bit much but then there's long stretches of platforming and i'll really enjoy that so yeah because uh, literally yesterday i went to speak to this b woman and uh you go to like press triangle and talk to her and one of the options at the bottom was can i enter your mind and i went uh <laughs> It's, uh, cause it was just it, I'd just gotten out of doing one person's brain mission and then I went back into the main world and then I was enjoying the dialogue from there and now I jump into another person's brain um, and I've looked up the mission list because I wonder how long I've got left of this game I feel like I've been playing this game for about 18 hours or so um, and I looked on the mission list there was one on IGN on something and I think I've got about 4 missions left so I'm just gonna sort of try and uh, go through some more of it, but yeah, it's maybe just the the lack of focus, the lack of structure. But if you ignore that problem and ignore the problem with the combat, everything else is really good. So it's uh, it's it's a strange one for for me. Where where did you get up to with the game? Did you find like similar problems? Uh, I didn't get that far into the game mostly because a couple other games came out and it kind of distracted me. So yeah, yeah. Did you find any sort of similar? problems at all i didn't really get that deep into it so mm-hmm. um so that was with psychonauts 2 uh played some cods today not too much you need to talk about with that uh but i started using a different weapon so that was cool um i actually do now and again i'll do this on like certain occasions when i just want to have a bit of fun you can go into a private uh game lobby or you can invite your friends in there you can do custom games basically and if you get however many friends you want in there, you can do different custom games and you can do whatever you want, basically. There's a thing that you can do on COD as well, which is where you put bots into the game. And sometimes I do, I I almost do it kind of to, to practice different things. Like if I've got on my mind, I want to try this loadout, instead of me going straight into a game and trying it, and maybe it might not work, it gives me a chance to sort of practice with different things. And then once I maybe get a good idea of like, this is how I'm going to use this thing. I'll then jump into a game and use it. It's almost a bit just like training sort of thing. Um, and I tried a couple of different things. And I do this thing some, some, sometimes where I put cyber attack on still. Usually all of the bots will follow each other. And they'll go towards the bomb. So I'll know which side they're going to sort of go to. And then I can plan from there a way to take them all out. But it's pretty fun trying to... Because you can do you versus... I think it's 10 bots, and you can put them on whatever difficulty. You can put them on mixed as well, uh, so they're a bit of a different variety. Um, but it's pretty fun to kind of just go in there and just take them all out and things, and uh, you can uh, you can do some pretty cool stuff that way. So I've been I've been doing a little bit of that, but uh, sometimes if I just don't quite feel like going into a game and I want to try something else, I'll uh, I'll boot that up. Plus I can choose what map I want and what guns I want and the other good thing about the private games everything is unlocked because obviously you can't take that into the main game and use it. So I can tr- kind of like prepare to try different things once I unlock them. That sort of thing. So uh, it's pretty good. Uh, that's roughly everything I've been up to. I'm just trying to sort of finish Psychonauts and then I'll go to some other games after that. Uh, let's do a quick bit of housekeeping. Uh, then we'll get into some news after that. See you in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're 
getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show all right recently on entertainment talk uh, yesterday which was for monday uh, I did a Fear the Walking Dead podcast wrap up. Uh, for, yeah, for for the seventh season, we've only had one episode so far in the seventh season, but it was so bad, it was so just everything that I didn't want, and it's continued the same issues that I had with the previous season, which I podcasted on the whole season for, and I was frustrated with it. And it's just simply a case where I'm still going to watch the show uh, to keep up with it and that because I still like the characters. Uh, but I've decided I don't want to put the thoughts into doing the podcast of Fear the Walking Dead. We're still going to do the other two Walking Dead shows, the Well Beyond and the main show, and obviously the, the new ones when, when they come out in, in the future. But uh, yeah, I just didn't want to kind of do another eight weeks of I don't like this show because of this reason again and again and again and again. So I uh, decided to wrap the podcast up. On the first episode, because there's no, I don't have to commit myself to eight episodes. It's up to me what I want to do, which is one of the good things about doing this. Uh, so I decided to just wrap up the podcast. So uh, you can still expect our World Beyond podcast, which will be tomorrow, uh, but don't expect any more Fear the Walking Dead ones. So that's that for that. Other things as well, uh, the United cast, Manchester United lost 4-2 to Leicester away, a terrible, terrible, terrible performance uh, in all the way, all, all the bad ways that usually happen. Uh, there's lots and lots of talk of a new manager taking over, which would sort things out significantly. Uh, but that is the situation at the moment. Man United play tomorrow against Atalanta, which is an Italian team in the Champions League. And then we play against Liverpool. Can't remember if it's Saturday or Sunday, but that's in the league. Obviously, that's a huge, huge game, Liverpool and Manchester United. So uh, did you manage to find any of that game at all? I remember you said I that looked, you... I looked on four different streaming services I had, and it's nowhere to be found, so... Okay. Which is really I've, weird. I've heard from uh, people over in the states that sometimes it's on uh, ESPN or Peacock. I think something. Peacock like that. being NBC's parent company. Yeah, yeah. 
uh i've heard it's on on those which is weird but or like M- NBC sports or something that's mm-hmm. the that's the different platforms i've heard of so uh, but that's for that. Uh, Walking Dead World Beyond, which we are continuing with. We're up to Season 2, Episode 2. We'll be covering Season 2, Episode 3 tomorrow. That's the one that me and David are doing. The Walking Dead wrapped up for its 11A finale, the first half of its three-part 11th final season. That's Season 11, Episode 8. We've wrapped up for that. That'll be back in February, and we'll be back to talk about the show when it comes back. Last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about the GTA remasters getting officially confirmed. Agent, which was a Rockstar game that never had any development or sort of, uh, which got um, put on the shelf. Uh, We talked about that, and we also talked about Alex Scott's unfortunate lack of involvement in FIFA 22. Not by her choice, but because of the role that she got given. CW Superheroes, we've wrapped up Superman and Lois. That's season uh, 1, episode 15. Uh, American Coach for Ted Lasso, that's season 2, episode 12. We've wrapped up for that. Uh, uh, got some more Flash podcasts coming out, so you can look out for those. Legends of Tomorrow podcast, uh, we've done a podcast wrap-up for that. A couple of podcast wrap-ups uh, recently, but uh, that thing, that happens sometimes. Uh, that's a podcast wrap-up for season 6. There will be a 7th season, but we won't be podcasting on that. So there's that. And that's pretty much everything we've been doing on Entertainment Talk. And you can find us on the website or the podcast platforms by searching for Entertainment Talk. Uh, Let's get into some news. Alright, so following on from uh, last week's podcast where we talked about the GTA games, uh, which is 3 Vice City and San Andreas getting remasters, we've got just a small new piece of information about uh, what uh, might occur with those games. So it says, this is from Push Square, uh, GTA Trilogy has high res textures, I think that's obviously it will do that, increased draw distance, so that's where you can see uh, objects from further out which is one of the problems that cyberpunk ended up kind of having uh, but it means you, you can see buildings and people and cars and objects from uh, from a longer distance and uh, gta 5 controls on ps5 and ps4 this is from push square which is a playstation website so they're not necessarily going to mention uh other platforms um the part that's interesting to me here Obviously, the increased draw distance, the things like that, and updated gameplay and and better graphics is what you can kind of expect from from a remaster or a remake, not from a port, but for a remaster or a remake. Uh, GTA Five controls, I find that quite interesting. Um, I remember when the talk started happening about the The Last of Us getting a remake, the first game, and there were certain suggestions that it might take like big gameplay elements from the last of us 2 and implement them into the into the first game to basically give it like updated controls that are the same as last of us 2 which would work for certain things but i don't know uh but gta 5 controls um robert how do you think this might uh work out i think that's quite a good idea yeah it's not a bad idea it's one of those things that you're not really ever going to know until you actually see the implementation so mm-hmm. yeah so uh, just a little update on that they did say 2021 they haven't given a uh, full release date yet but uh, my knowledge they I'm, haven't 
No, no, they haven't given a release date yet. They just said 2021, and then they said mobile versions for 2022. Uh, so that's just a small update from GTA. Uh, got a bit of uh, fo- uh, disasters happening with with uh, football games, both FIFA and eFootball. Um, EA and FIFA are, are falling out over money. Not a surprise. Uh, EA uh, may lose the FIFA name and license as uh, FIFA uh, is apparently going to be charging them one billion. I think that's for a three or four year renewal. I can't remember which one I saw. I think it's for four years of of renewal for the the license IP, uh, which EA at the moment is says is re- is refusing to pay. I don't know when that runs out specifically. I don't know if it's for FIFA 23, which will be next year's game. Obviously, this year's game, FIFA 22, is out and is is doing well. Um, yeah. So I would uh, guess that this would involve probably losing what's well, his license. So they'd probably lose a lot of team names and uh, you know team kits and player names and and that sort of thing. And they'd have to do a little bit more of what Pez does, which is when you've got. Um, one of the things that Pez used to do is like Manchester United used to be called like Manchester Red, and Manchester City used to be called like Manchester Blue, um, and used to even have things like Arsenal would be called London Red, things like that. Uh, they've Pez has done a bit better with it, or eFootball has done a bit better with its licenses. They've got like Manchester United and Arsenal and some of those other teams. Um, interestingly, FIFA, I think it was um, two games ago actually did lose the license for uh, Juventus. They're now called like Piermont Salco or something and they've got like a completely different kit that sort of thing but they've still got um, the names of some of their players like Mandzukic, Dybala who else plays for them? Uh, Buffon used to obviously. Um, who does who plays for Juventus? Mir- Miriam uh, Pjanic as well. Uh, they still sort of kept names like that but they d- weren't able to use the kits or the uh, the team name. Um, I think this situation will resolve itself. I think EA will be fine. I might be wrong, but that's just what I think is going to happen. I think that obviously with EA and them being the way they are with money, they're not going to want to pay the like one billion. Obviously, that that is quite a lot of money. But I mean, on things like on, on things like the amount of sales they make for the game every year which is really high uh, not just for that particular month but probably for the whole year they they always make like the top charts in in sales and things for the fifa games uh microtransactions ultimate team they make loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of money for um with like the the card packs and things like that um i i think ea would maybe look at this and i mean i haven't got the EA brains, so to speak. I don't know, like how they think business-wise all the time behind the scenes. But uh, I, I think this will be something that they'll pay because I think they'll just want to. I mean, just just based on the amount of money they make from FIFA, for them to for EA to lose that, uh, it would be a massive, massive deal because it's one of their biggest. Well, probably is their biggest game every year. Uh, what do you think EA is gonna do here? Oh, I'm sure they'll come up with some way to make up that money. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't let that kind of money go unless they have something in the back burner. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that's for next year's game or the one after that. But it's for a, I think, a three or three or four year renewal. 
Um, I've heard they've made. I heard they made. Uh, I think Andrea Renee on What's Good Games talked about this once. She said that it made like half. They made half a million once on like the ultimate cards, ultimate team card packs. Uh, that's not even including the game sales. So there's there's still a good chunk of uh, profit to be made there. I think so. Hang on a sec. All right. Um, so yeah, I I just think it's too much of a big franchise for them to go. Oh no, we'll we'll, we'll let us lose the lose the license. So. Um, so there's that for FIFA. A little a bit of a shorter thing for FIFA. There's a lot of uh, debacles to get into here for eFootball. Uh, for those of you who might not remember, uh, eFootball used to be called PES. Uh, it's the current the current game that I do play that I've mentioned before with the coach mode and stuff like that. Uh, that's PES 2021, no 2020 or 21. I think it's 2020 that I play. Uh, that's when it used to be called PES, which is Pro Evolution Soccer. Because this year it was renamed to eFootball. I can't remember exactly why. But it was renamed to eFootball and it was given a free-to-play option. So I'm just going to read these things out and then we can get into this this pretty big debacle that we've got on our hands for Konami, obviously, with this situation. Uh, eFootball's a disaster. Game launched with a roadmap. I don't think I've ever seen a football game launch with a roadmap before. Limited number of teams. Some mechanics, gameplay and even kicks uh, won't be in the game at launch. Konami is selling a £33, so what's that, 40 something dollars? Like 45 and change. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, premium, uh, they're selling a premium pack version that you can't actually use until November. Now, just to take it to the time that we have now, it's the 19th of October as at the time of recording. So even at the moment, if you've pre-ordered that version of uh, eFootball, you can't play it because it's not available until November and we're in October. So there you go. Um so I'm just going to like go through this roadmap quickly because I've never seen I've never seen a, like roadmaps you'd see for something like Call of Duty or Destiny or Fortnite or you know those those live service online shooter sort of games uh, or like Rainbow Six Siege would maybe have something like that. Obviously Anthem tried to and didn't work. Um, so it says here, early autumn, uh, bearing in mind it's, um, yeah, early autumn that they've put here, all new game engine rollout, local matches using renowned clubs, now there's four here that I don't actually recognise, I've never seen their badges before, but the ones you can can use for local matches using renowned clubs, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, uh, Juventus, Manchester United and Arsenal. Uh, so that's you get to do that in in the uh, the roadmap. Cross generation matches are between PS5 versus PS4 because there's four different uh, console logos here, but it's listed as PS5 versus PS4, and then Xbox One versus Xbox Series S and X. Then later on in the autumn, so like middle, because it's got early autumn and then autumn and then it's got winter. But in the autumn. Online leagues named to be confirmed, so they haven't decided a name for it. Team building mode uh, named to be confirmed opened. I uh, don't know what that actually is. It doesn't really explain what that is. And then it says cross-platform matches, console and PC. Then it says PlayStation versus Steam versus Xbox. So they're obviously going for that. Then I don't know what this thing is either. Match 
pass system and there's like some cards with coins and things like that so you can take a guess at what that's going to be then it says winter um esports tournament kickoff cross platform matches console pc and mobile so it's got google play app store steam playstation and xbox so everything well apart from switch isn't listed there yeah uh never seen this for a football game before i've been playing fifa games for a long long time uh i've jumped in and out of pez over the years but uh just seemed very much like konami's made a very very half-baked game here and it's interesting a lot of people have looked at the situation with okay which is better every year which has the best graphics and the best gameplay and the best player faces and that sort of thing and it's always been pez versus fifa obviously eFootball versus fifa now uh yeah i i think fifa 22 is a, a pretty clear winner mainly because it's actually a full game at launch say what you want about ultimate team obviously that's uh well at least it's fully included in the normal version of the game um but yeah and then there was some other stuff that i saw about different glitches and character models and uh the way that the crowd looks all very much just half baked half put in just like really just you know not not released properly there's like copy and pasting of different fans so you could you'll look in the crowd and you'll see like four different versions of the same person or four or different versions of the same person with like a blue jumper then a pink jumper um then there was actually a thing you know with the players um uh when they come out the tunnel and they stand in a line and they do they they usually sing some sort of national anthem or something like that and it's the pan the, the camera pans usually from right to left and it shows each player for each team as the captain standing next to the goalkeeper uh there's some footage that i saw which has got that lineup it was a, a portugal team so it had ronaldo in it and there's players that just aren't there they they disappeared and because the players sort of like put their arms around each other sometimes and, and that sort of thing while they're doing it there's players that are just standing there with their arms pointed out to to no one I mean, if you're going to make a football game, you've got to at least do some of these bare-bones basic things right. Like like that kind of thing. Like your presentation. Um, and there's all sorts of, like, really weird uh, face models for these characters. And characters for these players. And, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty bad uh, situation. But, it's Konami. So, <laughs> what, do we, what do we expect? And, you know, and look, I, I really, I'm really enjoying the... Uh, Pez game that I'm playing. Sometimes things don't work out that, that I put into my team. That's sometimes my fault. Sometimes the game's fault. But it's a pretty decent. It's a pretty good uh, football game. Um, what do you think of this uh, situation, Robert? Well, it's things like this is why I tend to avoid sports games in general, just because they almost always have <clears throat> massive post-purchase uh, uh, content for that. And you know, for like RPGs, things like that, that's not that you know big of a deal but for a sports game it's a little ridiculous mm. yeah certainly is uh i just want to pose a question to everybody here as well uh there's obviously these rumors going around about silent hill castlevania metal gear we'll see if anything ever happens with them we talked about that a few weeks ago and in the past if konami doesn't there's there's two there's two ways this this can go if konami doesn't want to license out the ips to those games and they want to remake or remaster or, or, or make new games for those franchises 
do we really want Konami to do that? Because uh, we already saw the results of that, which was Metal Gear Survive. And it was terrible. Um, obviously, the, the better option in that situation is Konami does something like licenses them out to uh, Bluepoint. Or you know a, a studio like that that's done remakes and remasters before. So then Konami can... They, they'll still have somewhat of their hands on it, but they won't be developing the game. Obviously, with, with PES or eFootball, it's an in-house developed first-party game. Um... But yeah, we we got to look at this situation and how Metal Gear Survivor's gone and the treatment of those franchises and just, just the way the company's been over the last five, ten years, roughly. And I think we should ask the question of do we really want Konami in-house to make uh, Silent Hill Metal Gear Castlevania games? Because I don't really think that's quite a good idea, given how how simple some of these things are for a football game, like players standing in a line not being in the game um, makes you think of what they could do with the bad Metal Gear game. Although I say that, we've had one. I just mentioned what it's called. <laughs> so, uh, what, what, what do you think with uh, that situation, I suppose? Trusting Konami to do something with that IP? don't trust Konami any further than I could throw a brick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the only thing they've been good at doing in the last five, ten years is making uh, pachinko machines. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, there we go. But, uh, yeah, I think the suggestion is don't play. Even though, you know, people say, you know, you won't lose anything if you play a free game. I understand that if you download eFootball for free, whatever. But there's parts of that free game that are just fundamentally missing. So, just, uh, we, we, we should just think about that sometimes when we are offered free things, uh, at certain points. So... But uh, I think it's pretty fair to say don't let's not trust Konami with things because they can't be trusted. Uh, speaking of companies that were rumored to be doing Konami-related things but might not be doing Konami-related things, uh, I got a little update from uh, Blue Box, which isn't related. That this post or this update isn't related to those IP. I'm just saying they've been connected to them by certain people. Uh, so Blue Box, who was supposed to be developing this app or game, hopefully in the future called Abandoned. We've talked about it a few times before. The app is free and available only on PlayStation 5. It's supposed to be a real-time experience. They've got the app available. There's not much on there but you can go and download that for free and have a look on that app. Uh, they put a little update out about the situation and uh, it's turned quite bleak. Not for not for their development specifically but their reception that they've received. So it says here the following message Sorry, the following message is not addressed as a company, but as a group of human beings. The last few days have been difficult. Death threats are increasing online, but, un- but unfortunately also physically, and this has to stop. I don't quite understand some of that, but we can talk about this in a minute. We have been dealing with death threats the past um, few months, and the last few days have been dealing with it again, especially physically. Uh, this not only affects us as a team, but everyone within our environments, our business, businesses, families, and everyone surrounding us. We want to work in a safe environment with job openings upcoming in the future. So, hiring some people, hopefully. Then it's supposed to be quite a small studio, so that makes sense. Um, in the future, we want to uh, offer a safe work environment for colleagues, uh, for future colleagues as well. 
Uh, we won't tolerate this and we will take action by providing authorities IP addresses, logs and it says camera footages. God knows what people have been sending them. Um, we are fully aware of the negative situation that we have created and truly understand your frustration. Um, but we don't understand... Sorry, but what we don't understand are the death threats. We understand and appreciate your interest in Abandoned. We are working hard on Abandoned. We will start a regular blog on our website that you can follow and we will post news on Abandoned on Twitter, which is what they've already been doing. Uh, but we will. But all we ask until then is just give us space and let us work on Abandoned, please and thank you. So it's not addressed from someone specifically there's there's no name listed there yeah unfortunately in this day and age not just with games but with media or just celebrities or just everyday people uh death threats can be a regular thing in life unfortunately uh, i've never ha i've been fortunate to not have somebody do that to me myself i don't know if has anyone done that to you before robert at all no one's done that to me but then again that's why i don't put a whole lot of my life out there on the internet for that mm -hmm. explicit reason yeah um okay. yeah i think it's stupid to do that um i i've given up on saying you know how stupid are people going to get because unfortunately some people take that as a hold my beard challenge um yeah yeah outside of that it, it's just i don't get i don't get it you know you're not going to make the game go any faster with the death threats you're not going to mo motivate the people actually making the game anymore to do this mm. Get some therapy. Get some help because you clearly, clearly need it. Yeah, yeah, and probably some uh, education along the way on human decency and uh, how to be. Oh, that's that's uh, gone. There's no, there's no hope for that anymore. <laughs> well, they've got there's got to be something they've got they've uh, got to learn. So, but yeah, that's the. I was gonna do a podcast actually a few months ago uh, about CD Projekt Red and what happened there. Um, that this whole double-edged sword that developers tend to get into, which is there's a simple message that needs to be put out. I mean, there's a lot of things that need to be said to people that are doing death threats, which is completely outrageous. Okay, you're excited for a game that's coming out, Abandoned. We want to see what this game is. I'm excited. Uh, I know you said your interest level is a bit different to mine, but I'm very excited just to just to see what this game is. That's the that's the number one curiosity point. And why this game has got an app on PlayStation 5, which no game has ever had before. Um, like its own individual trailer app. Like no game's ever done that before. Not to my knowledge anyway. Um, you can either be quiet and wait for, leave the developers in peace. So that the thing that you're excited for, they can actually work on in peace and not have to deal with death threats. Because that's, that's the thing that's happening as well, is while they're dealing with death threats and online hate you're just distracting the developer that you want to get the game out to you so you're actually making the situation worse in two ways one because you're being awful and rude to that person but also because you're actually stopping them working on the thing that you apparently want um yeah uh it's and then the other side is okay if they've if abandoned i mean no i don't know who knows what state abandoned is in right if they released Abandoned tomorrow and it was a broken, buggy mess, they'd still get death threats of people being like, oh, this is a scam, and you've done this, and you've done that, and this game's bad and broken. And then it would be like, but, well, you wanted them to rush the game out uh, because you threatened them with their lives. Um, 
So it's like, what, what what's a company supposed to do in that situation? I mean, the realistic answer is obviously to keep working on the thing and uh, get it out when you can. But games, we, we've we've learned lots and lots of times with lots of different games. Games need to be released when they're actually ready. Uh, instead of this whole I- whole idea of like, oh, it, it's come out, it's it's not it's not good, it's it's you know could be better, it might be better later. We need to stop this sort of it might be better later thing because then the game should have just come out later. But in order for that to happen, the devs need they just need more time to 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 get to to working on these games. Um, there's a couple of things I, I was quite curious about in this statement. Um, let me just. Uh, Go back through this message. Uh, but unfortunately also physically. And this has to stop. So it says. That the last few days have been difficult. Death threats are increasing online. But also unfortunately uh, physically. What do you think they mean by that? Did you meet your mic? Maybe they're getting accosted in the street. Maybe. Maybe. Um... And then it says, uh, we won't tolerate this and we will take action by providing authorities IP addresses, logs, and camera footages. What do you think that means? So, so yeah, they're definitely either coming up to the building or they're doing something to where they can get caught on CCTV. Okay. Where is this uh, company located at? I don't... Are they in... Uh, I think they're in Holland. I don't I know what the CC... Uh, cameras are like in holland i mean and some cities in america they're all over the place yeah um some they're not really as much so hmm. i took the camera thing as are people like you know when people sort of like they'll get a a, a doll or something and they'll like cut its head off or you know film themselves cutting something mm-hmm. or I, I i thought that's kind of maybe and people are like videoing sending in them video because they've got like email address and twitter and stuff I took that as sort of people are doing that kind of thing and like sending in video. It could be both. It could be what I've suggested and what you suggested. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of why what, what I took from that. Uh, but that's unfortunately the update with the uh, blue box. But just give them time, and it is not a scam because they've not asked any of us for money. So you can go on the PlayStation Five store if you've got a PlayStation Five, and download the abandoned app for free if you'd like to. Uh, you don't have to give them any money. I've not given them any money. Robert hasn't. Neither of any of you. So uh, let's try to leave them alone. I mean, it's probably not our community. I I, w- I would hope so. I would hope it's not our community. Um, but yeah, that's the update from uh, Blue Box on Abandoned and the situation. Uh, hopefully, you got some nicer things to talk about. What do you want to talk about today? I do have some better things. First, you kind of reminded me of something. Uh, because of all the traveling that I've been doing. I always try to go into like a big box store, try to like, you know, randomly find a console in stock. Mm -hmm. And so where I was at this week, I had to go um, get a couple things that I'd forgotten. And so I walked by the electronics store. um, And if I had wanted a Series S, which I don't, I want a Series X because I still have discs that I need to play. Uh But I could have easily, easily gotten one because they had not one, not two, but 20 in stock. Huh. Had never seen that before. Hmm. And I'm hoping that's a sign of maybe this uh, fulfillment thing will start to get a little bit easier. Um, granted, they were the Series S's, so you don't have to worry about you know a disk drive or anything like that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had need for an all digital, I would have bought it. Um, these weren't like markups. People sell them on the side of the road for, you know, double the retail value. These were just straight up to $300 boxes. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Uh, do you think they've still got them now, maybe? Oh, yeah. I mean, you don't have 20 on a shelf if nobody's buying them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if they're getting sold out the door, wazoo, you don't have 20 on a shelf. You'll put one or two out there to show that you have them. And then when those sell, you'll sell, you come out from the back and refill that stock. You don't leave that many on the floor. Mm. Yeah. Um, by the way, if any of my family members are listening, they're probably not. Uh, I'd still like a PS5 for Christmas with none. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> so, uh, I did. I, I talked about that before, didn't I? The whole chipping mm-hmm. idea that I've uh, planted. I, I've planted the seed. I don't know how well the seed is growing. I don't know if there's conversations happening. But, uh, I mean, I'll probably, like, try and talk about some more of it to, to some family later. I mean, it's only, like, October. But, uh, hey, some people put their decorations up in October, apparently, as well. So, which uh, I've seen. It's so fun. I, I genuinely find it funny how there's, like, I don't know about what it's like in the States, but over here in the UK, I went to get, um, what was it? Somebody a birthday card. I can't actually remember who it was for. <laughs> Uh, but I went to get like a birthday card or something a few weeks ago, and there was Christmas cards in the shop, and it was October. oh, it, it's way way worse than that <laughs> here in the states. I forget exactly what the series of events was, but it was after Christmas, but before New Year's, and there was already Valentine's Day cards and stuff out there, hmm. which is a a fake prove your love bullshit holiday on the fourteenth of February. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I've just seen something come up. Uh, Push Square has just posted. This was about 15 minutes ago. Uh, first mainline Splinter Cell in eight years allegedly enters production. I'm just going to click on this article and have a quick little look. Uh, I, I saw that. That got, that was in my Twitter feed that I was looking at this morning, um, from VGN or VCN or something oh, like that. VGC. Yeah, it says here. VGC. Yeah. I have, I didn't have a chance to actually read the article. I, as far as I know, that's just a rumor. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just mentioning it because I've just seen it pop up. So yeah, uh, I'll just. I, I saw that I didn't include it because all I, all I could all it was is like rumor. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, after shoehorning protagonist Sam in the thing, according to the de- development sources reported by VGC, I think that's the same website that was reporting that Konami stuff. Uh, frustrated by thing, unclear. It's unclear where the game is being developed. Remember, Ubisoft has a ton of teams all over the globe. Uh, yeah, I don't want to dig too much into this because we've seen rumors and things before. So, uh, but it says it. So, for those of you that might have forgotten, so let's say the last proper Splinter Cell game. So, not one where it was shoved into a mobile game. The last proper Splinter Cell game was 2013's Blacklist on the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. But there has been crossover content in a number of different titles, including Ghost Recon Wildlands. A few years back, there was a strong speculation that Sam Fisher was on the cusp of return. But when that project failed to emerge, many gave up over comeback. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this. But I'm just mentioning it because I just saw it pop up. So, uh, Alright, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the first big kind of thing that we have to talk about is, of course, the Nintendo Direct, which was covering everything involving um, Animal Crossings and the Animal Crossing Big Update. 
Um, you can watch the 23-ish minute video online on demand. It's, uh, I mean, if you're really, really into the game, you've already seen it. Um, so the okay, big things yeah. to take away are, um, first off, is going to increase the Nintendo Switch online. It's moving up to $50 US for a year or 80 for the family pan. Now, if you get this upgraded price, that does include the $25 Happy Home Paradise DLC. Um, so if you're already an Animal Crossing player, you're basically getting the expansion pack benefits for 5 bucks, um, considering it's uh, 20 to get a one-year subscription, and it's 25 to get that Happy Home Paradise. Okay. Right. And the other big thing is that there's going to be exclusive... Um, expansions for both the Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis, um, but you will have to buy controllers for each uh, console, and each of those controllers will cost $50, uh, no apparent discount for buying them in pairs. So this is going to be a classic N64 slash Sega Genesis controller that'll connect to the Switch somehow. Hmm. Can you not play it with Joy-Cons? I'm sure you can, but then again, maybe not. I mean, the Sega Genesis was a three-button controller, and the N64 had a bunch of weird crap on it. So yeah, yeah. So uh, is this something I do want to get because I do want to play that. Um, what was it Ocarina of Time they added? I can't remember which mm-hmm. one it was. I think it was that one. I do want to play that. Uh, I want to dip in a little bit to the other classic games, but my main interest is. Uh, the Zelda game that's on there. Um, I don't need to do it like right now. I can I can, I can wait to do that. Obviously, I'm trying to finish Psychonauts 2 right now. Uh, I'm trying to generally focus on new games from now to the end of the year because I want to get things finished for uh, the best and worst of 2021 uh, list. So I'm trying to I'm trying to play things like um, Metroid Dread when I can get hold of that. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy game. And I uh, still things like uh, Darth Vader, Darth Vader Immortal that I haven't played that came out this year. Uh, those could all be sort of maybe game of the year contenders. Uh, so this uh, Nintendo thing can uh, can kind of wait for me. So how about you? Uh probably not. Just because I never got around to getting um, the online for Nintendo because I don't really play it enough. Justify getting anything online. So mm-hmm. I might. Get, get the expansion uh, on a standalone, but even then I don't really pay it enough to do that to either, so. Mm-hmm. Yep, so uh, that's out there if you want to go and have a look at that, uh, and we shall see how that goes. Uh, what else have you got? Uh, well, from the category of mm-hmm. uh, Dota 2's international tournament wrapped up on, on Sunday, with uh, Team Spirit winning the event and claiming its share of the prize pool, Team Spirit's first place prize was $18.2 million U.S. The international tournament took place in the National Arena in Bucharest, Romania. Valve has planned, had planned on allowing fans, but obviously that didn't happen. The $40-plus million prize pool was obviously funded by Valve, along with community efforts through sales of compendiums and battle passes. Team Spirit, based in Moscow, is the first Eastern European team to win an international title since Natus Vincere won it in 2011. Hmm. Uh, so Valve canceled attendance for the international, obviously due to COVID concerns, 
nothing they could do about that. They were in um, a different country, so they got to do what the country says, and so that's what they told them to do. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I was thinking the other day while I was in the middle of playing COD, because speaking of like online competitive games, and there was this way that I was playing the game, or the way the other team was playing the game. And I think I mentioned this to you a few months ago. I am getting worse at games. Uh, like I, I'm finding that like my reactions are getting annoyingly slower. Um, and I remember somebody asked me before. Must have been about a month or so ago. And they said, "Does Matt have any interest in playing like uh, COD tournaments and stuff?" And my main reason for saying no was, although I'd, I'd like to do it, I probably wouldn't be generally good enough. Uh, not putting my own abilities down, but just compared to those really higher tier sort of players, the ones that we're talking about here, um, I probably just wouldn't be able to sort of keep up with that. Uh, and some people have told me, like, oh, it's because you play on console and not PC. I, I, I don't really quite... I mean, yeah, there's the, the mouse advantage. Obviously, you can spin around really fast and things and turn corners fast, but I can still turn my sensitivity up really high and turn around really fast. Um, but yeah, I yeah I I don't see myself entering those sorts of things. See, the whole console argument is complete bunk. A buddy of mine, Donald, um, back when he was seriously seriously into it, he was a a master rank in Overwatch, and he went to South by Southwest in 2019 and competed in a solo tournament and a teams tournament, won both, and he played primarily on console. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't quite agree with the uh, argument either of like oh PC players have a have an advantage. Um, you'll load into the first round of COD quicker, yeah. But <laughs> but aside from that, because uh, like half the team sort of doesn't. It's it's a weird thing with the with the game. Um, but no, my just general reactions are are slower than they used to be. So, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what I have to say about that. I guess. How about you? Yeah, I mean, it's cool that they want to know. I mean, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, even splitting that between five ways, like I like I said, damn, that's a uh, that's something. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, what else have you got? Uh, well, the last two are kind of Microsoft centric. The first one is uh, Microsoft hit a milestone in Japan. They recently sold more than one hundred thousand units for the Series S slash X which I know doesn't sound a lot, and in reality, yeah, it's not a lot, but they did it in less than a year, and when you consider the original Xbox One needed over four and a half years to reach that same milestone, it does show that it is picking up speed. In terms of sales by platform, they sold 64,000 plus of the Series X and 38,000 plus of the Series S. Uh, which is actually more in demand because I don't know if you've ever seen apartments in Japan, but they're not big. They're super tiny. And that's always been a thing with Microsoft products, especially if you go to the OG Xbox and then the first couple iterations of the 360s. Those were not small consoles. I mean, they weren't su- the, the original Xbox was super, super huge. The rest of them were more moderately sized, but still kind of big. Um, but the fact that uh, Microsoft is showing that kind of growth, um, especially over the uh, the hardware refresh with the Series X, just shows that they're at least they're still fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's good for uh, obviously we've talked before 
on the show about people that have uh, struggled to get these consoles because obviously they're limited availability um, and uh, the more people that can get them ha- their hands on them that aren't scalpers uh, the better um, because then it mm-hmm. I you know well pe- people want people want these consoles and there's still a, a shortage of them both of obviously the PS5s and the Xboxes um, the, the Series S and X but uh, yeah it's good that more people are getting their hands on them I know that some of these other like foreign countries and things uh, struggle to to get them as well. So uh, no, that's uh, that's really good. Um, so yeah, good good stuff all around. Just uh, hoping it kind of improves, you know, more and more in uh, in different places. So um, any thoughts on that? Uh well, like I've always said, Microsoft they may not always succeed, but they always do their best to win. Uh, we saw that with Mixer. Uh, they clearly didn't succeed. They got in way too late, but they threw damn near everything they had at it. Um, they tried to get into the phone market again. Actually, they got into the phone market twice now that I think about it. Mm. They just got in way too late, were way too behind the curve, and it didn't work. But again, they threw everything they had at it. And Japan has always been the toughest nut to crack because Sony's been there forever. Nintendo's been there forever. And you think about it, it has been 20 years, but that's 20 years compared to like almost 50 for Nintendo and about like 40 for Sony, I think, hmm. give or take. So yeah. again, they're way behind, but they're clearly not stopping. Yep, yep, it's good. Um, speaking of uh, Microsoft phones, have you ever used a Windows phone before? Actually, this is a funny story. When my parents first got off of clamshell flip phones because the carrier wouldn't um, service them or cover them or protect them anymore. Uh I intentionally got them a Windows phone for the sole reason that out of the three phones, the Windows phone was the only one that lets you resize all the icons. Now, both of those phones have like, you know, low sight feature to where they make everything big. But my parents aren't going to be playing apps. They're not going to be tweeting or TikToking or any of that (laughs) crap. It's literally, here's here's the big ass button for the camera. Here's the big-ass button for the phone. Here's the big-ass button for your contacts. Go. And then just let them get used to touchscreen and swiping and all that stuff without that monstrous hurdle of learning how to use a product when you've never learned how to use a product before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I remember when I got my uh, mum an iPhone, and uh, it took a bit to get there, and she still forgets little things now and again. But, uh, yeah, she, she's she's got the same iPhone that I've got, she's actually, we're both on the same uh, data plan and stuff, because it's uh, cheaper than the one that we previously had. Um, and uh, yeah, she's she's very much used to it. Uh, she still does the, the thing of leaving too many apps open, because uh, she's talk, she was talk, she's always talking about how her, ba- how her uh, battery is getting drained and stuff, and I was like, how many apps do you have open? And she's got like 15, and I'm like, you have to close them. <laughs> uh, but she play, she plays a lot of those sort of like Candy Crush esque sort of games and card mm-hmm. games and things where you can just like flick stuff on the screen, whatever. Uh, she's not playing obviously like Fortnite on her phone or something like that, but uh, she she's gotten used to it, which is good. Um, so yeah, uh, no about uh, the reason I brought that up is about that was about two months ago. My auntie, one that I don't really get on with quite so much. Uh, she kept finding these phones. She never properly explained where she got them, which I'm still a bit like curious about. 
she ended up uh, coming over with like three different phones on three different occasions and asked me if I could like sort the phones out and stuff like that. And uh, one of them was like a Galaxy uh, Android phone. One of them was something else. And then one of them was a Windows phone. And she pulled the phone out of her bag and gave it to me. And I was like, just, I was like, just let you know, I've never used a Windows phone before. And uh, it, it was because obviously I use uh, Windows for this laptop. And it was like having a little Windows phone in my, a little Windows laptop in my hand. It was, it was kind of strange. But I get what you mean from that about the icons because they were pretty big, and stuff. So. Uh, yeah, but um, I haven't even seen because Microsoft has kind of like given up on all that a while ago. Because I'm I remember when I was at like college and things in in like from 2011 to 2013, I used to see some of them now and again on the shelves. But that was like eight plus years ago. So yeah, I do I just don't see them anymore. But it's all uh, Android and Apple pretty much now. So yeah, it's like 98 percent of the market. The other two percent being. Uh exclusive phones in like china and korea yeah yeah so uh is that all that you had to talk about i got one more this one on the surface it doesn't seem like a big deal but this is something that in the future could be a big deal uh, microsoft has made an agreement with non-profit investor group called as you sow and has agreed to hire an independent firm with the intention to study the possibility and advantages of repairing one's own devices uh, Microsoft will be publishing a summary of the results. Obviously, they're not going to be able to publish the full results because that's going to get into proprietary things that they don't want out there uh, sometime next year. Now, the right to repair is kind of a weird, in- interesting legal battle because as a user, you have a right to take apart your device in an attempt to repair it, not modify it, not mess with it, not like try to do something hokey or illegal with it, but to repair it. The problem is, is that there are no companies that sell authorized um, parts for Microsoft devices, and that's not uncommon either. Those iFixit places you see in the mall and whatnot where they say, we fix your iPhone or we fix your iPad, that's all third-party knockoff stuff. And installing anything third-party, regardless of the uh, creator of the device, will insta-void your warranty. So by doing this, Microsoft is trying to figure out, can we keep more devices out in the wild, and can we help people to not have to send their consoles into us just to get repaired, thus saving us time and money and resources if we make it available to let them fix it themselves. So like I said, on the surface, not a big deal right this second, because again, this is just an initial study. They're seeing if this is something they want to do in the future. They won't have a report until after the new year. But if this goes through and they see, they said, you know, we can do this, the possibilities are literally endless. You could see repair kits on Amazon and other places. You could see pop up stores. You know, you, something went wrong with your controller. You got a little controller drift. Well, now you can take it into a store and fix it, or you can buy a kit and fix it yourself. And not have to send it in to get fixed, or in the case of Nintendo, never get it fixed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's funny because it's true. Um, well, the best humor is always based in truth. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me, I, I've only ever tried to take apart my Xbox One controller. There was a problem where the uh, I think it was the LB button 
was I got stuck or it wasn't working and I couldn't change player on FIFA and it was wildly frustrating. Uh no, it was L, L it was L T, yeah, not uh, not L B, it was L T. And I couldn't uh jockey opponents and it was quite annoying. Um and that that was fairly simple to do. I did watch a video, you do have to have a particular screwdriver to do it. It's one that allows like a pointy part to sort of go through the screwdriver. It's it's, it's very sort of strange. But I have never and I probably will never try to take apart one of my consoles. E- even like my Switch or something. The Joy-Con maybe I would try if, if something happened with the, the Joy-Con. Um, yeah, those are called what... Yeah, because I used to work recycling as long, long-time long listeners of the podcast. Now I've talked about that a few times. Those are called uh, security bits. So if you do a search on like any retailer for security bits, you can find them and they'll have a pinhole in the center and they'll come in different sizes, and they'll be really wacky shapes. And those are kind of semi-proprietary um, screw heads that they'll put in there to keep the average person from taking apart something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, if I ever need repairs on something, I'll go online and look for something, like official and that. Because so, I do see a lot of those, like, hey, we'll fix your phone for whatever, like £5, or you can buy charger leads and stuff i wouldn't even buy charger leads from those sorts of places uh i always buy stuff like that off of like amazon and places like that because you want your device to be charged properly and for things not to break mm-hmm. so yeah um all right you got anything else to add or should we move on to some uh emails oh let's move on to the emails cool uh we've got four of them this week so thanks everybody for writing in uh if you'd like to do that you're more than welcome to you can write into matthew at entertainmenttalk.org twitter you can find us on there eTalk uk there's a contact page and you can also just find information in your show notes the easiest way to write in feedback is to either look on this post for the website uh you can find a contact form on there so you put in your me- your message and your name and things like that or you can click on the name of the email that should take you to an email app that you've got and you can just write from there. So lots and lots of different options available for you. Jacob writes in, says, question for Matt. If Cyberpunk had come out in April uh, as it was supposed to do, because uh, that was its first release date, wasn't it? April 16th. And then it got mm-hmm. to moved to November, then December. So uh, if Cyberpunk had come out in April um, and was a Game of the Year contender for 2020, would you have liked it more than The Last of Us 2? That's kind of a double-sided question. Because if hypothetically it come out in April, let's say, obviously this is a hypothetical question anyway, let's say that the game that we were, I'll say promised, or the game that was advertised to us, it would depend on, okay, are we going to get the full game that's got all the subway system and the actual carts on the train tracks and things like that, and the random gang encounters and the other things that were supposed to be in the game, or would it be the version that we got at launch in December um, where we like didn't get some of those things but the game was still surprisingly good for some people, including myself? Either way, uh, obviously I don't know what it would have been like to play, the let's say, the full version of the game because I never did play that and nobody ever did. Uh, and obviously we all played the the version of the game that actually came out. So I can't really speak on would I have liked the full version of the game because I never played it. Um, It wouldn't have really made a difference to me. I still probably would have enjoyed Last of Us 2 more. I think the story would have been better. The gameplay would have... I I just think in in most departments, 
The Last of Us 2 for, for me just beats well all, all games really because I think it's probably the best game I've I've played. Um, but I mean that's it's a fair question. Obviously, people were looking at that, and it, as we went into the start of 2020, aside from everything that went wrong, uh, there was the debate at the start of the year, like what's going to be the better game, Cyberpunk or The Last of Us 2. Um, and because Cyberpunk came out so late, it wasn't really a game of the year contender for 2020 anyway. Um, but now I probably would have liked Last of Us 2 more still. But then if you, if let's say tomorrow I'm handed a full copy, let's call it that, for Cyberpunk and I start playing it, there's a possibility I could change my mind because I don't know what it would be like to play that version of the game. And I can't say for definite that I would have enjoyed that more or less than the last of us 2 because I, I don't know that right now um yeah any any thoughts yourself particularly would would you have considered it more of like a game of the year contender or where would you kind of sit with that uh i think if it came out in a de- better state i definitely would have given it more of a chance um i'm still kind of waiting for my series x so that i can christen it with um my uh with cyberpunk because i do still want to play it mm. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much my answer to that question. So, but there's one side of that, that I can't that I can answer, and one side that I can't. So, uh, that's that's the way that that is. Hannah says, "What current uh, things in gaming do you want to see more of in the future? Any particular features, hardware, or types of games?" I would like to see, as a regular PlayStation user, I would like to see more. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what it's like right now, but I like the sound of how it's worked out which is the haptic feedback dual sense features uh, features in games period or something that i would like to see more of anyway and if you're going to integrate that with like the way a controller feels to hold and the vibrations and like the the way the adaptive triggers work that all sounds like something i'd very much enjoy um and unfortunately you can't just go on youtube and like hey what does haptic feedback feel like because you need to actually feel it and i never have uh, hardware, I'd kind of like that to go hand in hand with whatever this new VR unit is going to do. Um, whether they're, whether you're going to get some of that haptic feedback in the PSVR 2 controllers, or whether there's certain games you can use with the DualSense controller. But VR is something that really, really interests me as well. Uh, and if you combine those two things, then you can do some really quite amazing stuff. Um... But yeah, other like types of games and things. I do want to see some more linear games. I think we've gotten into a bit of a crazed state of like everything's got to be big and massive and open world, especially as far as some somebody like Ubisoft is concerned with like Assassin's Creed and Far Cry. Because at the end of the day, if you want to make your game just bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and like, hey, our map is twice the size of Red Dead Redemption 2 or 10 times the size of The Witcher 3 map, um, that doesn't mean your game's going to be better. It just means that you've got to put more things in it because your map's going to be bigger. And otherwise, if you don't, your game's just going to have more open areas. Um, and that's been a problem for Ubisoft games, which is just like, hey, take over the area, go to the top of the tower, activate the signal, and then do it five more times. Uh, whereas you have certain linear games like, uh, say, Uncharted or uh, what else is a linear game? Uh, something like a Tomb Raider, those, those sorts of things, where you just you go through, you tell a story, and you make it more effective. Because um, then you end up with less filler 
content as well and less sort of like not specifically level gating but you end up with less sort of hey I should uh, upgrade my character for four hours instead of doing that which works for RPGs like The Witcher and Cyberpunk and Red Dead and that kind of thing Uh, or for Red Dead it's more for like upgrading your guns and that sort of thing Um, it's good if you can do that properly but there's certain games where it's just Let's just get you to upgrade your character so that you can just be stronger. And and that's about it. And sometimes when you put that hand in hand with level gating, that's one of the worst things that you could do for an open world game. Which is the trap that uh, Assassin's Creed fell into. Um, what about you? What do you want to see in terms of like feature, hardware uh, types of games? Uh, well, for features, I'd love to see better questing in RPG games. Like mm. I'm running into this... Like I talked about at the beginning of the uh, episode with New World, don't get me wrong, I like the quest. There, you know, since it is, as the game implies, a New World, I don't have anything else to base it on. Um, you're still learning the mechanics and all that other fun stuff, but at the end of the day, it's either a fetch quest or a kill quest. Now, granted, it's, I'm not saying I, I don't want escort quests to bring back. Those can go die in a bin and never come back. Uh, but just something more unique, something that catches my interest. And I don't even know what that is, but something I've never seen before is what I would really like. Mm. I'm completely with you on the open world. And I've talked about this before. I've started Skyrim like seven different times, and then I just kind of <laughs> wander off and lose track. And don't know where to go anymore. And then I just kind of quit. So, mm. Yeah. I understand there's the aspect of people wanting to just run into an open field and explore. And something like uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild is very good at doing something like that. Uh, and you can find like new weapons and do all sorts of cool things. But then there's a degree of like, we're just going to give you a massive open world with question marks. Because... Um, and it's, there's a difference there between doing that with a single player game and doing it with a live service game. Obviously with a live service game, you want as much content as possible to keep gamers around month to month or even day to day, week to week. But when you're doing it for a single player game that people are going to... You only need them to buy it once. Uh, you don't need to fill your world with 500 quests and things. Um, in terms of the fest, uh, fetch quest uh, aspects... It's just better if you just have more of like an AI companion, I think. Um, and one that actually does things. There's a, there's a few games, like if you point out... Resident Evil 5 is a good example of having to take care of the AI character that's with you. But they're really bad and they'll die all the time. So you have to constantly help them out. Whereas with something like... I always bring up The Last of Us, don't I? With The Last of Us 2, uh, it's just the first example I thought of. Where you've got somebody like Dina with you when you're playing as Ellie, or you've got um, Eleven Yara with you when you're playing as Abby, um, and they get into certain situations where they struggle. I don't think they can actually die. I mean, I've played that game like what five times. I've never been in a situation where like Dina's about to die and I have to help her. Plus, you can actually because I think there's a little like help your companion piece but i only saw it like three times uh there is actually an option in, in the accessibility that you can just switch that off so they never get into trouble um and even somebody like dina is quite quite useful in in the game like they'll actually shoot enemies for you and that sort of thing or they'll say like hey there's a guy there on the left or like hey somebody's above us or you know so, so useful 
things like that. Uh, as opposed to this person that is with you has got no weapons, very limited armor, and you have to like get them across to somewhere. Um, so I get what you mean in terms of that. But I I just want to overall see more more linear, tighter, shorter focused video games. Um, you don't need to make your game twenty, thirty hours for for the story. Uh, so yeah, that's just my kind of opinion on that. Um, Becky says, what type of simulator games would you like to try? Any types of jobs? Uh, I have tried uh, Job Simulator, haven't I? I can't remember if I finished it. Did I finish it? Um, I think I did. But that's the game where you can be like a chef, you can be a car mechanic person, you can do, uh, what's the other ones? Uh, like a um, store uh, cashier person, like a general store person. And you can do, what's the other one? That cook, I think. Or did I mention that already? There's like three or four that you can you can do that are different. Um, yeah, I, I I mean that worked pretty well as well. That was quite immersive in VR and stuff. Obviously, it was like stylized and cartoony and stuff, but that was a uh, that was quite good to do. Um, but I I don't know. I think for, I, I mean I played like you know an Untitled Goose Game. That was pretty good. That's kind of a duck simulator oh, goose uh, simulator in in a way obviously that's got more like a comedic sort of cartoony aspect to it um but i wouldn't i it doesn't have to even have to be like me trying trying certain types of jobs there's a game coming out soon i talked about it on the podcast before called stray where you're taking control of a cat but she, they're they're in like a uh dystopian sort of future world that looks quite interesting um yeah, I'd like to try taking control of like different animals or doing different jobs, that sort of thing. How about you? Uh, I've seen a couple that I was sort of curious about called uh, PC Builder Simulator. Okay. Um, and I was just curious if that was something that uh, um, would actually be helpful to somebody who's never built a PC before. Right, right. Um, and the other part of it is there is an aspect of PC building uh, involving water cooling which is actually something that I've really been curious about, but that's not the kind of thing you really experiment with. Mm. Yeah. Tell you one thing I'd like to do is a VR, obviously first person, like manager simulator game where I'm walking in and out of press conferences, walking into the dressing room, walking out on the pitch. I get to choose when I sit down, when I go onto the touchline, when I shout at players, sub players off, watch the game, obviously. Um... You, there isn't. I, I still maintain there isn't a comfortable way that you could play a football game in first person in VR. Uh, there's, there's just too many different controls to use. Um, yeah. In fact, I did play that that one football game that was a first person VR game, and it was it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Plus, like, yeah, a, a way that you can like properly control each leg and like when you're going to run and stuff. So I, I'd rather switch that and do like a, a first person a first person VR sort of football simulator game. Um, a very very long time ago, I'm trying to remember it. It was like mid '90s. They tried to do a first person American football quarterback simulator, and it it did not work very well. I just don't know how video games and first person sports work together. Not in terms of like obviously boxing, you could do it. Golf, you could do it. Tennis, you could do it. Those sort of like those those sports where you don't have to look around too much, 
Whereas if you're playing something like hockey or American football or rugby or soccer, football, soccer, uh, where you're like turning around, there's going to be people behind you, people in front of you. Where's the ball? You got to look around for that. Like, I think it's just, I think it's just too much. Maybe there's a way one day it could happen, but I'd much rather play a like a football manager version of that. Um, I think that would be really cool. Actually, I really want somebody to do that now. <laughs> Uh, but not not Konami. Don't don't worry about it, Konami. I, I don't want you to do that. Um, some somebody to do that. That would be that would be quite cool. Doesn't even necessarily have to be in VR. A first person manager simulator game. Heck, you could even do that in third person. But I want to actually like walk around the stadium, walk like to the coach, and you know answer questions in press conferences. That'd be really cool. I think. Um, and then, like, call call the player on the bench and say, "Hey, you're coming on for so and so." Take them to the touchline, give them, you know, click on little buttons to give them instructions. That would be uh, that would be very cool. So, uh, Ian says last. Uh, speaking of first and third person, what do you prefer, first or third person? Uh, for me, it depends on the game. I wouldn't have anywhere near as much interest in Call of Duty if it was in third person. Um. Then you've got thing. Uh, well, some of my favourite games are third-person action games, uh, like The Last of Us and Uncharted, and things like Ghost of Tsushima and like Red Dead, GTA. Those work really well in third-person. Um, first-person shooters. I mean, you've got to just get the. I, I talked about it last week with Battlefield, didn't I? And how bad that was with the beta. If you're going to do a first-person shooter game, there's a lot more reliance on how the gun feels to use. As, a, as opposed to third person where you don't really have to focus on that quite so much. Um, but I, I generally prefer third person. But for some games you need that first person aspect for the immersion I suppose. Uh, it depends what you're doing or what you're playing and what you're using. Um, but for like driving and things. I remember switching when I was playing Cyberpunk. Switching a lot between first and, and third person depending on like where I was driving and what I was driving, that kind of thing. Uh, what do you prefer? Yeah, it really depends on the game. Um, driving sim, RPG, shooter, there's a hundred different factors involved in all of that. So. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any games that would or wouldn't work in the opposite thing? Um, well, we talked about sports not really working in first person. Uh, the only real exception to that is maybe a golf simulator might work in first person. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely would work in VR. Um, yeah, there is that golf VR game that I played. Uh, mm-hmm. it, was, it was pretty good. Um, apart from when the move controller would glitch out a bit, and obviously with golf you got to be specific or like precise, uh, especially when you're doing like putting and stuff. But it was it was all right. Um, but yeah, I, I I generally just prefer the the third person action games, um, and it was cool when I me- I remember when GTA Five came out on uh, uh, PS4 and Xbox One, and they you could press like the options button or whatever it was, and you could play in first person. That was all right, but it just didn't quite fit right, maybe. Um, so yeah. Uh, anyway, that's what we've got for you for this episode of Gaming Talk. Uh, we'll be back next week for more news and impressions and everything else that we talk about here. Uh, do you think I will finish Cyberpunk? Uh, Cyberpunk. Uh, Psychonauts 2 by next week, the podcast. Uh, I honestly don't know. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll I'll try to sort of finish it. Um, I've got a... Because uh, I 
Did you do you know I got a new job? I can't remember if I told you. Yeah, actually. we've talked about this. Yeah, so uh, it's a cleaning job in the afternoon. It's only for like two hours. It's basically this like after school kind of thing. Uh, I've got half term uh, next week, which means not only do the teachers and kids not go in, but the cleaners don't because there's nothing to clean. So uh, I'll have a bit more time next week. Uh, I'm going to try and get out to the cinema and see a couple of things. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to mention that I'm going to do, I put out a post on a few PlayStation groups and retro gaming groups, and I said, what is the easiest and best way to play PlayStation 1 games? Because I've jumped between playing certain games on PS2, I've downloaded certain games on PS3, I had the PlayStation Classic at some point, I've heard about using emulators and things. Um, and somebody said, if you, if I bought, because I sold my PlayStation Classic, because I'm an idiot, uh, I'm going to get that back on Thursday, because the games that I got, which I can't actually use, because my PS3 disk drive doesn't work, because I switched it off at the wrong time, uh, I can get a fair bit of money towards a PlayStation Classic and pay like 10 quid in like actual money. I'm going to do that on Thursday when I go into town. And then obviously there's a way that you can put, uh, and none of this is like illegal, there's loads and loads of YouTube videos on this, It's I think Sony is like okay with it, <laughs> in a weird way. Um, you can put games on a USB stick and then put that USB stick into a PlayStation Classic and uh, play them off that. Now I don't know how to do that, but you can go online and buy USB sticks that have games set up, so I'm going to try to do that on uh Thursday I'll let everyone know how that goes by next week or whenever that happens so uh, would you like ever try something like that with those things uh, it would depend on the game so okay okay um, but anyway we'll let you know how everything goes next week with different things and I'll have some more time next week which will be good so we'll see how everything goes in the meantime you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcast look out for my review of the game tomorrow see what the hell happens <laughs> with with that uh, and then of course the big uh, derby at the weekend which is Liverpool so uh, good luck to the team for that uh, entertainmenttalk.org is where you can find all that TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcast you can also find us on your favourite podcast platform just search for entertainment talk uh, if you want to support the uh, podcast and entertainment talk, you can either listen to more episodes that we've done, either by finding them on the two different options I just mentioned. We've got over five years worth and over over a thousand podcasts, so there's plenty of uh, different things on the website for you to listen to. You can, of course, tell other people that you know about our content, just word of mouth, social media, just just tell them where, what we do and where they can find it, social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you like to use, or just telling people, that really helps us out as well. Uh, Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, add free podcast and review options, take a look at those. Um, Geek Town Radio should be out soon at some point, today, for, for Tuesday, look out for that, that's geektown.co.uk and Geek Town Radio, that's for your TV and film news. Bex is streaming very regularly still over on Twitch. You can find her on Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, over on Twitch. Uh, you can also find me on Twitch as well, eTalkUK, for my different gaming streams, uh, and follow me over there. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays, for the uh, archived streams and whatnot. So check all that out. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>